This is Jasper Reed, and this is Lesser from India. This morning, I went out and took Quince, our golden retriever, who's one years old, for a walk in our neighborhood in Sundanaga. And everywhere we go, we were surrounded by street dogs, which, for anyone that knows India, is a, is a feature of street life in India. There are 35 million, apparently, 35 million street dogs across India. They're known as Daisy Dogs or... In, in for Generation Z, they're known as indie dogs, which is a kind of bit cooler. For more old-fashioned people, they're known as pariah dogs or stray dogs, which is considered now to be a, um, a pejorative term. So let's stick with Daisy, which means local or indie. Anyway, there's tons of these dogs, so and it's a really spiritual thing. So I thought I'd talk about um, the street dogs of Delhi. Um, you know, we've been living here for seven years now and that's part of an overall kind of 20-year experience of India. In 1994 when I lived in Bombay, um, shortly before I lived in Bombay, there were very few street dogs for the simple reason that they were they were electrocuted by um, you know the Bombay Municipal Corporation um, and then they came back and they came back everywhere and basically um, They've been growing at the rate, you know, since 2011 or so, according to National Geographic, they've been growing at the rate of about 10% a year. So the number goes up and up. I mean, it's a very popular subject. It's it's something that everyone from famous comedians like Paul O'Grady in the UK have covered. He has a show called For the Love of Dogs, and he did a special show on uh, Delhi Daisy Dogs. More recently, Prime Minister Narendra Modi in his um, Man Kibat speech, which is basically inner thoughts in, in Hindi, he talked about um, he talked about the beauty and the resilience of, of the Indian street dog, um, which of course has brought dogs into the national consciousness again. Um, India has a funny relationship with dogs in the sense that I mean there are twenty thousand deaths a year in India from rabies, and so people are pretty nervous of dogs. Uh, Megan, my wife, when we first arrived in India went on a jog around the neighbourhood and got bitten by a street dog, which then resulted in a kind of comical um, three or four... Well, it wasn't that comical, but it had comical elements as, as, as we got her rabies shots and the rest of it. Of course, it turned out the dog was just a sort of spoiled pooch uh, who was bored and saw a couple of white legs coming coming around the corner. But people are, people are pretty scared of dogs here. Um, having said that, dogs are... Are deeply spiritual. I mean, there are there are dialogues in, you know, the famous spiritual text, the Maharabat, where um, certain characters refuse to go to heaven if they've been, um, you know, if they, if they leave their dog behind. So, um, and of course, within within Hindu philosophy and Buddhist philosophy, the idea of there being a single nature and we're all part of a kind of great wind. Um, a great eternal wind where we're all connected and there is only one nature means that we are spiritually connected with the dogs but nonetheless people are people are very scared of the dogs um, but it's a curious thing so for several years now both of our daughters who are twin girls Cecilia and Elsa have spent an awful lot of their time on the street with dogs which of course slightly horrifies our um, you know our neighbours we, we're very privileged we live in a rather bourgeois neighbourhood and the girls are forever getting told off by passers-by who are saying, yeah, the dogs are dirty, don't, don't go near them. But they probably, at any given time, our daughters, uh, just in our local neighbourhood, feed 20 or 25 dogs or so. And of course, they've all got names. 
Rico, Apollo, Mika, Coriander, the list goes on. And of course, you know, they, they come and go. I mean, it's a tough life, even in our rather um, uh, privileged neighborhood, because dogs die. So, you know, quite recently, Skadoodle, one of the favorite dogs, died. So for little girls, it's sort of, despite the fact we're in a city of 25 million people, it's almost like being on a farm. It's, you know, it's the cycle of life, which I'm sure um, is better to learn earlier rather than late. Um, so they're out there feeding all of these dogs. Of course, there are different, again, this is a bit like India, there are different names for the dogs. So our girls, little English girls, have named the dogs in their sort of, you know, English vernacular tradition. Um, there's a dog here called Rico, but if you ask our neighbours, that dog Salman Khan, named after the, the famous actor. So a little bit like India, many, many, you know, many characters within within the same, within, in this case, within the same animal. Um, during COVID, it became more interesting for, for particularly Elsa Reed, our daughter, because she then um, dramatically expanded our feeding program. Um, and every night, even during, you know, the world's most dr- draconian lockdown, Elsa and I were driving around. Um, we chose an area around the sort of presidential palace, which you can't think of a higher, higher security area uh, in, in India. But nonetheless, every day we would go out and we would feed all the dogs. And of course, they were in big trouble because the whole city had been abandoned and the sources of food, which are, you know, mainly garbage and trash and, and you know, the kind of gifts of night watchmen who, who are especially attracted to dogs for companionship. You know, all these people were off the streets, so the dogs were starving and the dogs were having puppies. So anyway, Elsa built a big program and, and fed these dogs. And I think we went out for 90 days consecutively and Elsa raised money all around the world. And of course, this really appealed to pooch-loving, you know, family and friends in Boston or New York or Hong Kong or, or London. Um, and she's sort of still doing it. So, you know, it's brought a lot of uh, insight, uh, you know, for our children, which is a kind of curious thing. And of course, these dogs are incredibly intelligent. Um, you know, they're mutts, basically, they're mongrels, they're interbred. But of course, the combination of interbreeding and the, and the best of breeds, if you like, plus having to live on, on the Indian streets, which by and large is, uh, is pretty challenging, means that the dogs have become super smart and super clever. I think increasingly, people like the Indian police force are, uh, are hiring these dogs or, or bringing them on to you. Actually, with animals in India, whether it's whether it's monkeys that scare off other monkeys or dogs, often they are actually formally on the payroll uh, of the organisation. So dogs are joining, you know, the, the security services and the armed forces here because it's, it's recognised that, you know, they're really, really so smart. Um, and they're becoming popular all around the world. So there are, there are some quite sizable charities, particularly in the US uh, and the UK, where they're, where they're rescuing dogs from India and taking them, you know, you know, back to, back to those places where the dogs, you know, I wonder what the dogs think when they arrive. I mean, we adopted a dog, a puppy, um, and it was one of those rash moments when we first arrived and we sort of stopped on the side of the road. I jumped out and, and plucked uh, a dog from a, from a litter. And we'd been, we'd been watching these, this litter of puppies on the way to school. And of course, the girls were weeping and cheering and, you know, it was great. Um, of course, what we hadn't say reckoned on was that the dog, uh, who we named Roddy. The reason the dog was called Roddy was our driver said the road was was Roddy Road. Uh, we slightly misheard him. What he said was Lodi Road. But anyway, the name stuck. 
But of course, you know, adorable little puppy turned into mega alpha male dog. Um, and Roddy was soon running the household, basically. And then Roddy's moment of disgrace came when uh, my mother-in-law, Megan's mother, was staying from from London. And um, Roddy bit her and, and drew blood, which, uh, which was sort of horrifying, um, except for my mother-in-law, who was incredibly relaxed about it. She's sort of a very low-temperature Bostonian, so... She didn't seem phased, but anyway, Brody was pensioned off to a to a nice family that we knew in India, and now lives on a farm in the Punjab. So, <laughs> Roddy's probably pretty happy that he did bite uh, my mother-in-law. Um, what else can I What else can I tell you about 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 dogs in India? Um, it's it's really kind of interesting because they, in a way, when you look around the cities, that you know it's kind of a mirror in society. So. We're in Sundanaga, which is Khan, near Khan Market, you know, near Lodi Gardens. And of course, in these areas, the dogs are incredibly well looked after, and there are lots of sort of micro charities that feed and love the dogs. So, probably to, you know, to the point of excess in the sense that there are just too many fat pooches around. Um, and then some dogs are dropped off here because uh, they've been sterilized and they're dropped off in the wrong neighborhood and they arrive all kind of fit and strong, but then, you know, they're they're, they're overfed very often. And so, you know, dogs in different neighborhoods in India are a sort of metaphor for society, you know, um, and, you know, things like obesity and horrible things like that. So, you know, they're a mirror, uh, they're a mirror on life. Um, but they're the most fascinating, wonderful, amazing, um, soulful, uh, part of, part of your day. Um, and really, I think, you know, for anyone coming to India, the presence of these these street dogs, I mean, 35 million growing at 10% a year, it's just really, really innate to India. So um, that is a, uh, a poochy podcast for you, um, a slightly specialist topic, but people do tend to love dogs. Um, and on behalf of all of, you know, the great Desi or indie dogs of India, um, thank you for listening to this and talk to you next time. Bye.